0: Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at StartupCan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at StartupAward.ca. As an online retailer, you can optimize every stage of your workflow to satisfy your customers. Learn how with the free ebook, Mastering Your E-Commerce Operations from Canada Post. Download yours at canadapost.ca forward slash ecombook.
1: I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee.
0: With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC. Take on the world.
1: Building your dream. Work-life balance. Scaling up. Discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast.
2: million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you and your business just check us out at goforthgarage.com that's goforthgarage.com this is andy Noman, and i can't wait to see the journey that we're going to go on uh, In true fashion he says i'm going off script rivers <laughs> all right yeah script what's that <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got to let me do a little bit of a bio intro here on you so that, you know, the three people on the planet who don't know who you are will then know who you are. So we're welcoming back the one and the only Andy Nolman. Many, of you know, Andy as the Montreal based co-founder of Just for Laughs. Did an amazing job with that. He is a true entrepreneur founding Airborne Mobile, which was a pioneering mobile media company. He's been a journalist written three books currently producing a musical that is on its way to scoring a spot on Broadway, a well-known public speaker. Oh my God. I was thinking of kind of closing in what I was doing. I got to expand to keep up with him. His numerous endeavors won him the startup Canada lifetime achievement award. And, uh, you know, a really a great supporter of uh, of startup Canada oh and don't forget the co-founder and CEO of play the future uh, which is partnered with large brands such as Danone, Boston Boston Pizza Twitter and via rail let the fun begin Andy welcome back to the startup Canada podcast show thank you dude what's going on in your life anyway you're uh, you're you're busy you're rock and rolling I wanted to dive into the Broadway play first tell me what's going on with that
3: well, you know, putting a play together on Broadway, You know, I was discussing this at lunch today. There's a great expression. And in fact, what I'm probably going to do because I had such a great lunch, um, uh, because we talked about this, is um, go write a blog post about it, which is what I usually do when I come up with an idea, because I'd like to go ahead and at least get it down that it's me and it's mine. <laughs> Nobody can rip it off. But uh, you've heard of the, the expression, a journey of a thousand miles starts yeah, with the first step. Well... In producing a Broadway play, and actually, I think this goes for any startup. I think it goes the other way. The journey of a thousand steps starts with the first mile. Let me explain and I guess we'll put this all into context as it pertains to the play. But what you do when you're starting a business, there are a thousand steps, especially these days, you know, with, with so much going on in social media and things happening right. so fast, basically everything you do. It's a, it's, it's a minimum thousand steps. But what happens many times is by doing these steps, you kind of forget the end game. And that's so in this Broadway play, which is, you know, a, a best case scenario two and a half three years down the line that's what led me to because i know i got a thousand things to do but i can't forget that end game so that's why the journey of a thousand steps starts with the first mile not the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step because that first mile is what i got to look look out far and beyond to say okay that's where i'm going So, so that's what i learned today so what did you
2: have for lunch <laughs> yeah, well, well, after that, day, yeah, see, yeah, blah blah blah, boring. What did you have for lunch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: had, uh, let's see. I, I had uh, knedlach and uh, flanken. I had a, a very Yiddish lunch. That's oh, I very cool. Well, oh, in, in all
2: seriousness, I want to do get. I want to get back to the plate. What's the you know a journey of a thousand miles? Is there anything different that you're doing with this journey that was different than when you? did just for laughs or any of the other businesses that you've that you've done because it's a musical that's going on Broadway.
3: Yeah, well the difference is uh, it's knowing your place. When we started Just for Laughs, when we started Airborne at uh, Play the Future, and any other like venture that I was involved in, you know, basically I was playing God, myself or my partners, we, we were playing God meaning, you know, it was almost like you're playing The Sims, where what you do and what you see and what you say uh, happens, and that was the case when, you know, obviously there's, there's market situations and there's investors and there's this and that but basically, you you um, are the author of the play-your-own-adventure uh, game, you know, uh, that right. those type of books where you where you basically choose your own adventure. You're you're the author. With a Broadway play, you have to realize you are going into um, somebody else's temples, like basically going to a church and wanting to be the priest. Right. Sure. say, I'm the rabbi. No, you're not. You're you are a congregant, and you are lucky to be there. What you have to do is make your way. So, working the the Broadway scene. And I, I produced an off-Broadway show a number of years ago, but this is a little bit different and it, it's a different headspace. Also, I'll go, I'll go into why such because cool. our, our source material is one of the most uh, iconic uh, pieces of theater in, in, in Canada and perhaps, perhaps in the world. But uh, when you go into Broadway, you realize that there's a way of doing things and there's um, uh, a protocol and there are certain people you, who, who call the shots. And what you have to do is go in there and um, not re- really not piss anybody off, meet the right people, act the right way, yet while doing this represent your project uh, in a way that uh, gets it done. So it, it's really a humbling experience because you know the further I go, the more I learn you know what to do and what not to do. And I find that uh, fascinating because there's a lesson every half day.
2: So give us a bit of background, if you can, the preview of the of the show, uh, so people can can. Uh, it's, is it called Belsur? Oh, yes, yes,
3: and it's so well pro- pronounced, because I'm impressed <laughs> by a <the> little white boy <laughs> like you. <laughs> well, I
2: am from the only official bilingual province in the entire country. Ah, so, uh... <laughs> good boy. <point.
3: laughs> yeah, well, that that's it's called Belsur. Sur. It's uh, it, well, actually, it's well, right now, for lack of a better term, it's called uh, Belsur the musical, and it's a musical that. That's based on uh, the iconic Michel Tremblay play of 50 years ago. Now, if you want to talk about how prescient someone could be, um, uh, Michel Tremblay wrote this 50 years ago and it's an all-female play and it's basically w- w- it was scandalous at the time because of the fact that it used rather than like the, the uh, Shakespearean, equi- Shakespearean equivalent of French which is Moliere Moliere, Moliere in French which was used in all plays at the time he used French uh, Quebec French, joal, And it was scandalous to have that type of street language being heard on stages here in Quebec. Right. So that, and you know, the subject matters were, you know, anti male, anti church, anti anything that was oppressive at the time. And uh, that too uh, raised a lot of eyebrows. And uh, basically, when you're looking at the first domino that fell to start the Quebec Cultural Revolution back then, this was it. So it had a lifespan of many years. It was produced all around the world in, in a number of different languages. About uh, ten, about fourteen years ago, it was made into a musical by two legends here, René Richard and Daniel Belanger, of, of uh, you know, Montreal legends. One, you know, a, d- a director-writer; the other, uh, you know, a musician, um, uh, um, you know, a composer. And uh, they put together they uh, the musical that did incredibly well. Uh, my partner, a guy named Alan Sandler, saw this and developed it. In, English and it toured the country and did incredibly well, winning all sorts of awards from Charlottetown to Calgary and uh, played National Arts Center and uh, played across the country. And at that point in time, we, we had a conversation and, and we both said that this can go a whole lot further because there was a play called Come From Away.
2: Yes. Which
3: heard of, yes. Which- about the uh, landings of planes in nine uh, eleven in Gander, Newfoundland, and it it, it was a very very feel good uplifting play, but it also stayed true to its roots, mainly the um, uh, mainly the the uh, Newfoundland uh, spirit and you know all things that were that were Newfoundland at the time. So we said, well, why is Quebec any different than Newfoundland, and why could something that's equally as feel good and equally as uh, timely not work with the Quebec um, standpoint? that's why we're taking this out so uh, over and above all that because of the fact that let's go back to what I said before that it's 12 women that it's about female empowerment that it's about anti-oppression because of all that the timing is is impeccable it could not be given the Me Too movement and things going on right now so that's why we are uh, taking it out that's why we believe like no one goes into a project thinking it's going to suck it's going to die this project thinking it's going to be Um, you know is it going to be Hamilton is it going to be Fiddler on the Roof you know I don't know Uh, but we do think it has legs and it has uh, appeal you know a a very wide appeal and uh, it's very timely and on top of all that take strip all that apart strip all that apart and I know when people say oh yeah well you're 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 talking about all these esoteric things like timing and and you know oppression and you know uh, uh, empowerment but Take that all away. It's entertaining. The songs yes. are great. The story is great. Um, the performances are great. So that's why we believe in it. So uh, I'm going to ask you one more question about Bill you can ask sir Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> They're free rivers. You don't have to pay for questions.
2: There's no script. I love it. <laughs> so here's the questions. I'm, you know, I'm always uh, a firm believer that business is a team sport. So did you choose Adam, or did he choose you? And who does? what and uh, you know how does that that all work together as a nice glove it's alan it's not alan Alan.
3: all right there thank you (laughs) alan (laughs) Alan. so how, how does that work so, um, so Alan actually chose me. we were friends. I knew him from the Just for Laughs days. He was—he's right. a pretty well-established producer of some pretty big musicals uh, and, and plays. And um, uh, we, we spoke after I, I saw it. I thought, when I saw it play in Montreal at the Siegel Center, I said, "This is the best thing I've ever seen nice. at the Siegel Center. It's probably one of the best things I've ever seen in Canada, and I'm saying one of the best things I've ever seen anywhere." And, and I think this has a great potential. So we just talked. We just like you know, kid in the and uh, next thing you know, he says, "I want to take this uh, you know, on, on a journey deeper. Do you want to go?" So I said, um, "Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I'd I, I, you know, I, I give a lot of time and effort to this because it is a, a startup. If you want to look at it uh, sure. that way." So basically, Alan is the you know Alan is the guy who got the rights. He dealt with Michelle Tremblay and, and Michelle's agent and right. uh, and Danielle. He, he 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 put this deal together way back when. But I think what what uh, and he knows a lot of the theater people here in New York. What I'm here to do is, uh, is to do the non-theatrical stuff. Uh, is to say, how do we market this? How do right. we? Build um, a, a a network, build a community, uh, build a tribe, as Seth Godin would say, of, yes, of, of yes. females and those who care. And, and and how do we build that before this thing ever hits the boards? And uh, and, and how do we market it differently? And how do we reach out? And what you know? So that's what I'm here for. And uh, it it seems to be working well. And uh, look, we just uh, raised our initial uh, financing, uh, our, our, our uh, production financing, you know, our, our development money to get us off the ground. And uh, we'll see where it goes.
2: So how does one, how does one, let's get back to Seth Godin and tribes, uh, what, you know, what's, uh, what's the the formula for our audience that you would say, folks, this is how you build a tribe, a.k.a. Andy Nolman style.
3: Well, you know, I, I. You're talking about a master of marketing in terms of, of uh, Seth Godin, so yes. I don't want to even you know uh, pretend to be uh, on the same level. But but in the end, I think it all boils down to somebody actually giving a damn to what you, uh, about what you are giving a damn about. Right. So, like I know I belong to like a, a, you know, a few tribes. I'll, I'll give you things that, that are important to me, and uh, mental health is one. And, right. Uh, I get involved in that heavily Um, you know on a whole other scale I'm a big rock and roller a a gym rat a hockey player so these are things that that if you're looking at tribes that's where where I belong to if a guy wears too much jewelry clothes you can say so these are little tribes but basically it's gathering of people who actually give a damn about what you give a damn about but doing it in a way that's organic and not contrived so if you're looking for a mnemonic or a rhyme, so to speak, you know, it's a a tribe is not contrived. I think we can leave it at that. You know, it's something that's real. And many times people go ahead and and, and, uh, try to develop tribes in a very, very um, phony way, uh, buying uh, Instagram followers, (laughs) so to speak. Buying uh, Twitter followers, buying likes—you know—you'll—you'll you'll, you'll rack up the numbers, but those aren't tribes. Those aren't people who care about what you do, you know. So the ba- basically the, the best way to do it is is to to be authentic and show that you care. And you know what? Don't even here we go. Here's another no, 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 no <laughs> not, you know, don't try for the tribe. Don't try. Don't try. Just yeah. be be real. And and you, they will gravitate. People will gravitate because people want to gravitate towards people who love what they do. It's 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 simple. Simple. So yeah, that's really the best way to get it
2: done. Yeah, authenticity, and it takes time. I mean, and it takes consistent effort also. is not just I mean you get them once, you, you got them. You got to keep working that, uh, maintaining that authenticity
3: and value for uh, why
2: they're going to be part of your
3: tribe. Andy, you, you know, have- instance, I got I to pick, some, pick something up on that. You just said it takes time. Cool. I think that's the really key. When people listen to this, again, you know, yep. uh, we, we got to see what's our competition here. Our competition is some of the world's best music, some of the world's best minds, you know, where what people can choose to listen to at this very moment, but they're choosing to listen to this because they actually give a damn about, you know, startups and business and learning something correct? But you said something that's really important. So hopefully if people are listening to this, well, those who are, um, they will pick something up that I think is really important. And then you said it takes time and that's a valuable lesson because I don't know, maybe I'm sure there are exceptions, but if you want to look at an adage, what I've found is that nothing good happens fast. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, and you can be silly about it. You can be serious about it. But when you think about it and it really put the time, you know, nothing good happens fast when something takes off. Real fast, you know it's not going to last. You know, you know it, it'll be a, you know, it could be a fad. Uh, and, and sometimes people will will take a very fast success, let it go to their heads, and you know, you, there are disasters results that emanate from that. So. It's not, you know, today's way of thinking at times, uh, you know, th- that you should take the time, that you should let things happen in their time, and don't worry if things don't go as fast as, as, as they need to, if they go a little slower, because it will pay off in the end. Like, I'll just give you one quick example. Sure. I remember, like, when we started Play the Future, people were always telling us, um, you know, uh, oh, but, because uh, you, know, you, you would make a prediction today about something that happens tomorrow, or later today, or in two days, and people would say, well, that's not going to work, because um, people... People want instant gratification they want everything instant gratification I said well, but why 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 do people want everything so fast? is it is due do, does everything need to be that fast if that were the case you know um, why would there be sport why would there be sports because right, you know, right. you know the, the, the the you have to wait three periods or nine innings or four quarters for the end end school end results yeah. why so anticipation is as important as immediate gratification and in in this in terms of business anticipation is Ultra important, and, and the the wait. You know, Tom Tom Petty said the waiting is the hardest part, but it's perhaps the most valuable part.
2: You know, it's interesting you say that. I used to be in the restaurant industry many years ago, and uh, one of the things we purposely did we would pick a launch date, an opening date, and miss it by a week, so that we create this anticipation. And now, sorry, you know, the, the, we'd always say the government still had some tests to do through Department of Health, and the, it just created this anticipation. Uh, and people hung out. They didn't need that gratification. They were ready to wait for ultimately that end result. So I think that's very cool. You brought that up. You brought in your journey. Uh, sorry, your your interest in mental health. You know, I've been very vocal about my journey with depression. I've uh, been, been in bed three months at a at a time, just curled up and and uh, thinking the worst. And uh, you know, I'm a believer that health is number one, and then you can do everything else from there. Can you talk a bit about your journey uh, in that in that area, whether it's personally or in, in the tribe, and specifically, of course, tie in uh, the journey of entrepreneurs is as, as associated with that.
3: Okay. Well, um, let's go to three ways. Okay, and let's sure. remind me, we're going to personal uh, uh, entrepreneur comedians. Okay, so rem- okay. remind me of those three. Yeah, Got it. Personal. I, I find that most people who are involved in um, mental health. Are there for a reason, um, and I think most of them are there because a reason because it has touched them in some way, shape, or form. Sometimes it touched them personally. Sometimes it touched them family-wise, which is still personal. Yes. For me, uh, you know, and 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 um, and I say this in all uh, seriousness. Um, you know, I may be offbeat and, and wacky, but uh, you know, luckily, I've never had I've never suffered from anything that ne- that 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 needed to be taken care of in in this regard. That's not to say I'm totally sane. It's not to say I'm totally, um, uh, what's the word, uh, mentally stable, but uh, it would say that I've not had to deal with problems myself. So, but I had to deal with them on a family level uh, a, a family member dealt with that and, and as anybody knows when, uh, when uh, somebody in your family suffers you suffer a, a lot and um, my wife most notably uh, saw this and uh, said that you know we, we need to do something about this because the system is not there the system may be there maybe getting better for those uh, patients but definitely not there for those dealing with the patients for caretakers caregivers uh, so you know, my wife got heavily involved in, in organizations that 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 help train and help people deal help pe- help train people who are uh, dealing with those going through mental illness and help train them on how to and how to deal with it. So that's the that's the, the personal reason why. I, as I said, I don't think anybody gets involved in mental health just because of the fact that hey, I need a cause. Let me see uh, under the M's, under the M's mental health. Uh, and- meningitis, uh, malaria, mental health. I'll take that. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Even think even thinking that way is a little nuts, but anyway, that's not, that's not but, um, uh, but so, so I, there's, it's a personal journey. And I think because of that, it, it it's, it, it makes it even more valuable. Let's go to the comedian entrepreneur and the comedian. We'll go to the entrepreneur. I've been to so many conferences, um, Startup Fest here in Montreal, the Startup Canada over in Ottawa. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I have uh, friends who have dealt with this. Uh, you know, it's, it's their own journey. But it's amazing to hear how much mental health, how many mental health issues affect those in the startup uh, community for, for a number of reasons, the, the amount of stress, the the belief uh, or the lack of belief and go on and on. But only recently have uh, I found entrepreneurs come out and say that they're dealing with this and it's become a subject matter and sometimes even a track at a conference, like a full track of subject matters because people realize, Hey, you know what? We're all in this together and you will go through this and by knowing it and you'll be able to deal with it better. And this takes me to the comedian element. And I think entrepreneurs are very similar to comedians. And as you know, I dealt with comedians for a good 30 years of my life ever just laughs and a comedian's brain is built different. There's a different energy, there's a different build, I, I, there's a different tweak. Now, I don't know, I, I'm sure I'm not, I'm not a brain surgeon or, or, or a doctor, so I can't, you know, go ahead and say, you know, show you on an x-ray uh, or, or in a lab, uh, you know, experiment exactly. But, but I know from dealing with them, a, a comedian's brain is different. Because, and that's the way they're trained. They're, they see things differently. They will be able to look at something and see it differently. And because they see it differently, that's what makes the funny. They're able to, and, and, but this isn't just for comedians. This is for all artists. I, I really truly believe that an artist's brain is a different, it's, it's an aberration from a quote unquote normal brain. And I've dealt with that for so, with so many comedians. Same thing with entrepreneurs. Because uh, an entrepreneur believes the impossible. An entrepreneur faces the odds that that are uh, daunting and that uh, that are, are are impossible. You know, I uh, always say this. Um, you know, uh, if you if if you look at the, the the statistics, if you look at and you take the math of, of success in any entrepreneurial um, endeavor, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. The chances are so against you. So if, if if you're normal, quote unquote, if you have a normal brain, you're gonna say, "Well, I'm not gonna face." That. I got it. You, you, obviously, you have to be off. You have to be a little crazy to go ahead and take that on because of the fact that it's just statistically impossible. Yet entrepreneurs do it all the time because of the fact they do not believe that they don't see it that way. They will face that head on, and that's why you know uh, I, I believe that entrepreneurs uh, are like artists have a different type of brain, and why entrepreneurs, unlike people who, who perhaps are, are very 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 happy and stable in a very uh, traditional nine-to-five environment will suffer more f- uh, mental uh, health issues than uh, non-entrepreneurs. Just a theory. What a good one. Oh
2: yeah i agree so you're a believer then that uh, entrepreneurs are born not made although they are made but my point is is that because they're born with that functionality of an entrepreneur their potential for success the uh, probability
3: of success is much higher uh, because of that is that fair to say basically you know, an entrepreneur to use the parlance of another great uh, writer uh, Mal- malcolm gladwell is an outlier a- an entrepreneur right. does things that you know most traditional people will not and cannot so yeah yeah you know, but but an entrepreneur you, know, you look at Lady gaga's song born this way and i'm not making you know it's not trite i'm not ma- making fun but you know a- anybody who's you know, away from the, the norm, who, who deviates from the norm, um, thinks and acts differently. But if not for this, uh, where would the world be?
2: Uh, Andy you uh, you, we, I'm going to scoot back a bit for to talk about Belser and I'm interested in your ability to focus or not uh, you know one of the one of the curses of entrepreneurs is we we love to chase shiny stars and squirrels and all that kind of stuff uh, while you're focused on this next major uh, endeavor in your entrepreneur career are you doing other things and if you I mean I'm talking at it that's same scale, uh, and if you are, how do you how do you do that? How do you, what do you how do you recommend our audience deal with that? curse that can actually be quite wonderful.
3: Sometimes Hold on, I'm too. getting a phone call. Um, no, I'm kidding with you. Uh, that's a joke based on... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's insanely difficult yet easy. And the only reason, the way I can explain this is you look at people um, who can manage, and look, I don't necessarily think he's done the best job because he's... Been, been a little bit uh, off the beaten track so to speak recently but you look at somebody like Elon Musk who can launch rocket ships, cars, yes. uh, you know, in, in a number of companies and manage them all, all at the same time. You know, again, he's had a, a rough rough road recently but, you know, just getting these off the ground, pardon the pun, or superhuman. Mm. Uh, but there are a number of people who can manage different businesses uh, at the same time. And I think it's, it's relatively easy. And I'll just tell you how. And then I'm going to tell you how, how easy it really is. But it's easy because you can compartmentalize. If you can manage your time and you can um, go ahead and manage a to-do list, you could go ahead and manage multiple projects at, at, at multiple times. You have to uh, pass things off from time to time. You have to delegate from time to time uh, you have to say no to things from time to time but it's very very doable and the reason I believe it's doable the reason why I you know I can do certain degree uh, of it is because the fact that um, you know everyone could do this and you know so, certain people say oh you know and and this again not to pass judgment on anyone, but people say oh I'm a simple housewife I'm just a simple housewife my husband does all this or, or, or oh, I'm a simple house husband my wife does all this no I there's no, no such thing because you know anybody I know has to manage you know the payments the kids the the um, uh, the groceries the if you think this is nothing it's not it's a lot it's a lot so basically we all could do it and we all do do it it's just at what level do we do it and uh, that's why I'm saying that, that you know, it really, you, anyone can.
2: So, so okay. Now tie into that, you know, that focus, or sorry, that that proverbial. Oh, you have to do what you're passionate about. Is that a critical ingredient to being able to juggle these projects effectively?
3: Not really. I mean, so, certain times you can be passionate about uh, the success, passionate about can I accomplish this, passionate about the challenge. Maybe not even passionate about the, the project. Um, uh, you know, when I look back at my career when I ran just for laughs, and I ran just for laughs for a long time. I worked in comedy for a long time. I could say that I was you know a relatively funny guy, and I had you know, I had fun, but I did, never loved comedy. I never. Mm. I studied comedy and and I, I was I always liked rock and roll way more than I like comedy. But comedy was my profession, and I learned it. and I and I said I'm going to take this very seriously. Would I be able to do the same with you know farm instruments, farm machinery? I don't know. I've never mm. really tried. I- but I know a lot of people, my, my former partner, Garner Bornstein, didn't care about he, – he, he said, I don't fall in love with my businesses. You know, I fall in love with business. I fall in love – and Roy Olson, another guy I know, it, it's um, – they, they don't see – they fall in love with the process. They fall in love with the journey. They fall in love with the challenge. Right. But not necessarily, you know, the, you know the, the the content of it. They're not in love with the project. They're in love with the, the process and the challenge. Who's your so- – Okay. So, so, so basically, that's it. You know, I just, yeah, that's it. (laughs) it. Well, now it's done.
2: (laughs) Nope. There's the phone call. (laughs) Andy, who's your, who's your favorite
3: rock band and why? I have so many, you know, as a kid, uh, I, I loved, kiss only because of the fact that they were so outlandish and they really tried to do something am- amazingly different. But uh, nowadays, you know, my, my love for them has, has weight. So I've seen recently, I mean, I love Green Day. I went to see Jack White. Oh, really? and, You know, I'm talking- Jack White's uh, Magnificent. I'm going to see Disturbed, who I love a lot. Um, uh, You know, I I like any, and I can go on and on because I really love a lot of of different types of music, but the bands I love are bands that are, you know, that show a love for what they do. They want to go a little bit further, do things a little bit differently and and are are truly uh, passionate. Like, you know, Tom Petty is as, really as traditional as, as you get when it comes to the late Tom Petty. It was a yes. tragic end. But so I saw Tom Petty a number of times and, and just was crazy about what he did because he, you know, really, really, really loved what he did. He did things a little, little bit differently. And, uh, uh was magnificent. So you know, really, to ask me my favorite rock band is like to ask me which one of my two kids I love better, um, because it, it's an impossibility. I have there's so much music I listen to, uh, on a you know, every, um, things that are completely obscure like Palmyra Del Ran, who was a. a, a a female rock and roller who's also a, 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 one of the greatest uh, DJs of all time, and she's on uh, Little Steven's Underground Garage. Uh, but that's the Beatles. To um, you, know, you, you name it. What else did I listen to the other day? Like oh, you know, I, I, I re- fell in love with Queen after seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, and uh, nice. it just goes on. It just goes on and on. What do
2: uh, uh, what are your two kids? Uh, what are their names, and uh, what do they do for their joy in life? These
3: days. Well, I'll tell you something. This is probably going to be my last ever interview with, with you because of the fact that I'm getting to the point where my kids are a lot more interesting subjects than
2: <laughs> I am. I'll decide one,
3: that. I'll decide whether yeah, you're back. <laughs> Aiden, my eldest, is heavily involved in tech. He's actually uh, part of the most recent cohort of tech stars. Ah. And he's working on a a conversationalist, um, well, I'm going to put it in in very, very layman's terms uh, and something people can understand. It's an uh, AI, IVR, interactive voice response um, app that works with Alexa and Google Home, where uh, rather than consulting a cookbook, you are basically talking to uh, the in-home developer device and getting your instructions from them but it's not necessarily just one recipe because if you're having a dinner party and you have you know a soup salad main course and dessert you have to you know put them so all in at different times and make sure they're already at a specific time so what his app does is takes these parse these and time them and and basically tell you what to do at what time so everything comes out perfectly at the right time so that's my eldest that's what Aiden's doing, and there's many other ramifications that takes a lot further into some very, very uh, business and military operations. But I'll let him describe that one day. <laughs> My younger one, Hayes, he's 48. Hayes makes um, he's a furniture designer and, and restaurant interior designer, and he works with some of the, the biggest uh, you know names in the country uh, at the stage of the game. Uh, he does everything from Jack Astors and Nando's, uh, you know, interior design to some. He just did the restaurant at the hotel. Burks in Montreal, Berks, being Burks the jeweler uh, of you know, fame, a renowned Canadian brand. He just opened up a hotel here, and he designed the enti- and built the entire uh, Henri restaurant here uh, in Montreal, and he's worked across the country. He's done installations in Vegas and uh, for some of the biggest uh, restaurateurs and uh, uh, in corporations in the country, so that's what he does. That is so cool.
2: Do the two of them work together? Do they Are they buddies, or are they kind of like, uh, you're in your world, I'm in oh, my world? Uh,
3: no, they're 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 you're in your world. I'm in my world. But they are buddies to the point where Aiden is in town right now for TechStars. It's happening in Montreal, and he's staying uh, in Hayes's attic. So um, oh, okay. yeah, they, they're, they're, they and they own a bit of real estate together. So the brothers are, are good. very different, and they they respect each other's difference, and uh, that's why I think that um, they are the guests
2: of the future yeah well we'll get them on for sure but that uh, you're, you're you're coming back though you're coming back andy um you i'm going to go back on the script because i thought this was an interesting question go, go. that you referenced you said you have said mr andy Noman, in your lifetime achievement uh you wake up every morning waiting for someone to throw you throw me a curveball what what kinda what why is that important to remember that in entrepreneurship? <laughs>
3: Because I remember somebody once asked me there was this great interview I once did with this thing called idea mensch I don't know what it was it was like some web property and sometimes I, I go back and read these things because people ask me for quotes and I forget and I said I better come up with something witty <laughs> so on that site it's I, I, someone said what's your typical day like and I said my typical day is wishing for a typical day because they're never typical uh... you know stuff happens you know you, 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 you just when you say oh God here this is what I'm going to do today suddenly you know, your whole world is thrown upside down because of something. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But that's really, you know, what what I wait for. And when I say a curveball, it's not necessarily negative, but, right. you know, Never know when that you, the next email, the next phone call, the next text message you get—that's going next random encounter that's going to change your life. So every time the phone rings, or every time I, I, there's a ding, or there's a text, every time I, my so the email pops up, something you wonder—is this the one that's going to be the tipping point that, that that will change my life? So that's really what what every day is. So you go in with a you know with a schedule, you go in with a, you know a, a to do list and then you know the world conspires against it and you know your worth is measured in how you deal with that so that's what I wait for every day every day I I say what is going to happen today that is going to make me say holy Jesus I did not expect that at all.
2: Has that that, uh, enabled you to keep going in the adventurous journeys that you've been on because of that philosophy?
3: Sure. Because you know that you know, I once wrote this book on how to do the impossible. One of the things I took out of that book, I still remember, is you never get never get too up and never get too down. Because the world will always punish those who are too high and will rescue those who are, are are too low. You know, may not bring you to the heights of the rescue, but you know. Life is is a is a series of waves, and if you are stupid enough to think that you're on top, that you're always going to stay on top, mm-hmm. the very very valuable lesson to, for you, if you're stupid enough to believe that it's, the life is over, I'm at the, the bottom, nothing you know can ever happen to me, then you know you deserve your fate because you know, it, will, it will change. The the wave, will, the the the, way, you know, the tide will turn, but you have to be willing to let it turn, and you have to be you know. You know, hardworking enough and willing enough to let it turn us down, and intelligent enough to know. That a down is coming when you're high, and to deal with it, and the 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 road to success is littered with corpses of people who thought that they were invulnerable. that thought that nothing can be touched, too you know, too big to fail, too smart to fail, uh, too rich to fail, too powerful to fail. I go on, on and you know, as we speak, what's the name of that guy? The, the guy who was the chairman of. Um, uh, it was, was it Chrysler and uh, and 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 uh, three car companies? Nissan and uh, Renault. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Ghost. I, I forget his, his name. but not know. <laughs> I, I can look him up, but uh, your your listeners will, will do that for us. But yeah, he's a very very well known car executive, and um, you know, top of the world. R- Merged three major companies, and, uh, and and suddenly he just was uh, discovered uh, you know, with with financial crimes in in Japan, and just you know, right now brought to his knees. So wow. you never you never know.
2: You never know. What's, uh, you, you now get to decide. I've asked a ton of questions. You get to decide on the next topic. What do you want to say next? Goodbye. <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's, no, but okay, but I said, what do you want to do? You really want to stay, but you just want to. Throw that in there. I know you yeah. want to
3: stay and keep on talking. <laughs> no, you know, it's it, sometimes it, it, it's sometimes it's just so much. You know, I I, I, I got to be honest. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and so I say to myself, like, since you know, why do these people think they're so interesting? They're not. And, I, and you know, I, <laughs> I myself at certain time have that, that same curse. Yes. Like you know, okay, like, hey, you know, what? if somebody if somebody made it to like forty minutes, which we I, which we I, have. I am, like, Yes. Oh, yeah. We, have, yes. you and I. But <laughs> if anybody's still listening to this, you know, I commend you. I commend you for sticking with, with something because you know, the world doesn't work that way these days. Uh, it's like okay, three minutes, and let me move. On. Yeah. So I think that, that that again, I'm not being facetious, you know, but at certain points not. in time. It's like when I speak, Corbett, I've, I've given a lot of speeches and and, um, and I was at an event last week where there was this comedian who was on and went along. Somebody else went along. And I've never been to a place where people said, oh, jeez, I wish they would have gone on longer. Yeah. You know
2: what? <laughs> seriously. Unless it was a good
3: something. rock band. Yeah, this is the Beatles or something. You say, like, okay, yeah. well, you know. But, but even then, you know, it, it's... So nothing wrong with saying goodnight before people even expect it. It's like, hey, you know, let's go. We let you out early. It's a like class. What? We were let were you uh, early. Uh, Hooray! I love it. So
2: that's well, a yeah, life. On that note, uh, here's, I want to give you a gift. If you uh, if you have never heard of this singer, I think, and you probably have, but uh, then I highly recommend him. He has become a, a real hit with me lately. You ever heard of a, a guy named Citizen Cope? no no check him out he's got a real neat style to him love the songs and uh yeah citizen cope is his name and uh you can let me know if you like him or not but based on your journey uh i'm glad you you haven't heard him because he was a great discovery with me at a golf tournament in june and this buddy of mine put it on i said holy cripe that guy's amazing and and i've been a fan of his ever since so
3: there's one for you this is Okay, perfect, Citizen Cope. I'm writing that down. But this is, I guess, a great parting lesson. If you give a damn about something enough to tell somebody else, that's how you know, you know, something is worthy of of success and something is good. Maybe you talk about a tribe. That's what this is all about. Right. When somebody, without. You know, I'm sure Citizen Cope didn't pay you for this nope, nope. you're not getting you know, hey you know every, with every seven Citizen Cope mentions I get a t-shirt <laughs> not that. but you care you say it, it, it's so good I got to tell somebody else about it that should be the dream that should be the, everyone's dream of listening to this may you work for create develop discover something that somebody else is enough of a damn about to tell somebody else and then you're sc- you've scored and on that
2: note give me the goodbye, it's over. Oh no, yes, my, my
3: claims to fame. You know, go go figure. Mommy, it's over <laughs> Thank you very that's much. Me. You know that's me. You know that on, on all those TV shows, that's me. I that's, know. Uh, that, I know. Okay. So uh, some people think, think I'm just imitating it. No, oh wow. No. Who else did What I, other and, and that's
2: why I wanted you to do it because it is you. And I remember the story behind it, and I've heard you say that story a few times. And that's why I wanted you to do it because it is you, and it's uh, it's all great. Andy Nolman, thanks for being on the Startup Canada podcast show. You are indeed a great guy, and I am going to have you on again.
3: Uh, I better—I better think of something intelligent and fun to do between now and then. Bye.
2: leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode you know we've heard about innovation it's all over the place these days um uh you know versus um uh you know just sitting back and and thinking the status quo but there's a there's a different approach to it now in that you know what what's what's about business innovation as opposed to simply product innovation
1: can you touch on that for a bit Sure. So with Business Innovation Rivers, it's about not just innovating just in terms of the product, you're looking at other elements of your business that you can improve, modify in order to meet business customer needs. So it's not just about the product, it could be about changing your processes. So coming up with new, improved processes and systems um, in terms of how people can order and deliver your product and service offering, for example, to better meet their requirements. Uh, It could be about organizational innovation. So here we're talking about things like partnering, so working with other SMEs, other startups, um, aligning yourself, perhaps working with uh, universities, other corporate to working with other organization to better fulfill and meet the requirements of what uh, your cut business customers need then you could also be things such as marketing innovation so how can you uh, engage in new types of marketing in terms of leveraging your current customers for example what we call advocacy marketing and leveraging your current customers to be your champion to do your references your referrals to speak on your behalf um, be it at events in media what-have-you so it's about looking at different ways to improve your business operations not just across the product but through your operations your your how you're organized how you're structured your marketing and it's innovating across multiple ways that is how you attain sustainable growth <laughs>